go ahead and open up your bulletins. And I also want you, let's see if I remember this, Orlando. Okay, excellent. I want you to also open up in your hymn book to number 530. And while you're doing that, I have a short lecture for you. Okay, so while I was there with the girls that I was watching, first morning at 7 a.m., they would sing. And I would wake up to clapping. I didn't know the words that they were saying. I couldn't sing along because I didn't know them. And there's a time to worship with great contemplation, but there's also a time for us to sing out. If you're not comfortable singing out loud, clap. If you're not comfortable, clap, but sing out loud. And sadly, the most disappointing and most stifling experiences I had at worship there were in the Seventh-day Adventist churches. Because no one breathed. Were people alive? I just, I just didn't know. I have to, I have to keep track of time here. I, I, I got to get to this. But it is well. Um, that, that is one thing I want to encourage you. Because I found myself sitting there wanting to praise God and just feeling scared to even clap. And when you think about it, um, joy, even as young children, we express it. God wants us to express our love to him. But now, getting to the it is well. Um, the plan was to go to Kitwe, Zambia, and I was going to be there from April 15 to June 30, or so I thought. Things changed. It started going to the airport. You guys asked me how I was doing. I said, oh, everything's fine. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's okay. 20 minutes from the airport, had a meltdown. My father's driving me. Daddy, what am I doing? I don't know what's going to happen there. I should have my life more together than this. I'm 30 years old and I'm 31. Going across the, the, the I just, what am I doing? Tears running down my face. And dad sat there and he listened and he said, you know what? Breathe, number one. Two, God is in control. I don't remember which order it was. Still tears going on. He said, hold on. Puts on his music. And Sela, the music group, comes on. And they are singing it as well. And I hear the words, Wind peace like a river attendeth my way. Little did I know that that was going to become my theme song. For the entire trip, from when, um, when I got to Connection in London, which is the top left corner there, and I realized that the debit card that I was carrying in was the wrong account, and I couldn't access any money. And then my, um, my uh, headphones to connect with my, uh, my iPad so I could Skype my parents also didn't work. This was problematic. This was very concerning. I did manage to get a hold of mom, and I said, Mom, help. Fortunately, his parents help out, they do. So I figured, hey, 
God is watching out for me. I know people are praying for me. It's going to be okay. And as I was panicking, sitting in Heathrow, which is a huge airport, it is well. Keeps going through my mind. Oh, so this is where I ended up staying, behind this heavy, heavy iron gate and brick walls. But first, there's something that happened before then. I arrived at the airport. I had gotten an email the night before saying that you'll be coming in at such and such a time. Someone will greet you. They will have a sign with your name. They'll talk you through changing your currency and help you get a cell phone. I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And they'll take you home to where you're staying. I got there with my too many bags. I went out. No sign. Nothing. And I wait, and people are, here, here, madam, let me take your bag. Madam, madam, let me help you. And they're grabbing at my bags. No, 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 no. 45 minutes go by, an hour goes by. No one is going to show. I don't even know what the exchange rate is. I don't have a cell phone that works in country. I know the name of where I'm supposed to go, but I don't have the address or phone number because I was doing it all online. Fortunately, someone takes care of me. They get me there. I figured after that, oh, there, there's the lodging. It was actually very nice, except for every night from 8 to 1 a.m., 8 p.m. to 1 a.m., it was the local bar with screaming, yelling, bottles breaking. It wasn't peaceful. It as well went through my mind multiple times. So I figured, okay, when I get to Kitwe, everything will be fine. Oh, oh, first we got lost in Lusaka, but we're, we're, we're going to skip that part. It was quite terrifying. Again, it is well going through my mind. Oh, that was my first uh, food I cooked. Um, and then this is someone that God sent to hold my hand through that process. Someone who lived in Lusaka, someone who knew, someone who said, hey, come along, let me show you what's going on. So then I was going to Kitwe. Everything was going to be fine. Here's the road. The person who's supposed to pick me up when I get to Kitwe, all of a sudden, I can't get a hold of him on his cell phone. I text. No response. I call. No response. The person who's driving me says, you know, hey, I'd like to hang around, but I've got to get, you know, to Sulawesi, up past by, you know, towards the Congo border, out in the middle of her. She says, I can't wait. I'm praying, Lord, please help her get lost. Please help something go wrong. Not too wrong, but just so we arrive there in time. We get there. We get out. It's in Kitwe, and I've heard horrible stories about Kitwe. It's right along the human trafficking and drug line. Um, when my parents were there 20 years ago, um, it was not a friendly place. So I get dropped off on a corner, and here I am again with my two big, too many bags. And street kids and vendors are around, and they're trying to grab at stuff. And they're pulling at the suitcases and running, you know, to get into the cafe where I was waiting. Eventually, the gentleman showed up, took me safely home, came to Chibusa home, which is the home where the girls stay for um, Friends of the Street children. Saw the house, so we came up around the corner, started to breathe deeper, and then I began to meet the girls' faces. I want to introduce you to someone. Her name is Charity. She's 12. 
At age five, she began caring for her mother. Her mother was very sick. They don't know who her father is. Her father is out of the picture. When she was 11, her mother died. She was placed with an aunt. This is one of the girls who really took me under my wing. Um, here's the other story about her, too, though. Her aunt didn't want to be taking care of her. Her aunt horribly abused her, beating her to the point where arms were dislocated, ribs broken. She decided one day that she had had enough, and she decided to run to the streets. Kitwe, or the street situation for any girl, for any child, is horrific. Once a girl is on the street, there's a very short amount of time to intervene and get them off before they're going to be pulled into sex trafficking. And the most appealing ages are 10 to 13. Once you're older than that, you're considered a veteran. More likely than not, you're carrying HIV and AIDS. No one wants to be, no one, no one wants to sleep with you. So what you're left to do is to go recruit younger girls and sell them so that you have enough money to still be alive. She wandered. She was on the streets for three days. During that time, no one would give her water. She was denied water for three days. She told me this story. Tears were running down my face. All I could say is, I'm sorry. This should never have happened. But there is a God, Jesus, who gives you the water that never runs dry, and that can't be taken from you. That can't be taken from you. Um, she also taught me how to wash my clothes by hand. I did that for four months, guys. Really proud of myself. Um, she has an incredible eye for nature. She struggles really with reading, but she's, she's an amazing woman. So here's an amazing young girl who will be an incredible woman because of the opportunity she has in this organization. And there she is. She's also very giving. Aunt Ashley, I have something for you. Aunt Ashley. Um, there I was called Aunt Ashley. Here is another girl. Her name is Joy. Just a little bit of her personality comes through there. Oh, my lands. She told me her story. When I first came across it, it was in a notebook. It said, my life story. I said, Joy, can I read this? Oh, no, 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 no. I said, okay. That's really personal. If you want to read it to me sometime or you want to tell me, just let me know. So one day she comes up. She says, Aunt Ashley. I said, yeah. She goes, can I tell you my life story? I said, sure. I sit down. She is also 12. Her mother is in jail. Her father is unknown. Her uncle is struggling to take care of her. She entered Chibusa, illiterate. She's now going into third grade. It's incredible the growth that she has gone through in just a matter of months. The rest of her story. Her mother is an alcoholic. And when she's not drunk, it's a good home to be in. When she's drunk, her mother is a monster. She has been beaten multiple times. The mother would go to jail, would go to, you know, would go to jail briefly, come back out, go back briefly, back and forth. She'd spend time with the uncle, but the uncle didn't have the means to provide for her. It was when her mother beat her unconscious that they finally took her away. Their mother was put in prison. And this is what hit me in a way I can't even begin 
to explain. Here is what she told me. It's hard to read from here, but it says, I praise God, my mother beat me. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, they took me away. She's now in prison. While she's there, she's met a pastor who comes. She's now going to church. If this is what it takes for God to reach my mother, I give him praise. Wait, what do you say to that? What, what, what do you, the wisdom in 12 years, I would be stuck on, how could this happen to me, God? How could all of this? And yet, 12 years old. And I'm supposed to go and be a missionary to them? Hmm. I want to just really quick show you some of the other kids that were there. Eggplants from our garden, the cutest little boy um, who actually had a horrible case of pneumonia. He survived. Um, oops. Okay, well, we're running late. Oh, we're, we've jumped ahead to food. Um, <laughs> there are some of the different um, foods that we ate there. Cotopela, which is avocado. Um, caterpillars are in the middle. They're kind of crunchy. <laughs> The main food that I ate is in the bottom left corner that consists of shima, beans, and some sort of relish. On the right corner is one of the girls with inshava, also known as ground nuts or peanuts. Um, this is the last meal I had in transit. It wasn't in Zambia. <laughs> it was in the UK. Speaking along the lines of God providing, long story behind that, but this is a meal that I was given. I had three, almost four servings of this bowl. This is serving two. I think I slowed down to take a picture after serving one. Um, Partway through, let me double check how long I have. Oh, I have a couple more minutes. Partway through, as all these things are happening, and I'm being blessed, and um, the focus that we had with the girls was the fruits of the Spirit, to look for in each other the fruits of the Spirit, to see that to feed that in each other. So there's not room for anything else to come in. Well, partway through, I managed to get myself deported. Yes, I did. Far too long of a story to do now, but I am, however, a prohibited immigrant in the Republic of Zambia. Six weeks into the trip, and I said, Lord, how did this happen? How did this happen? This does not make sense. Well, it then became a matter of getting from one end of the nation down to the next and exiting out to Malawi. Instead of going one day, it took six days. I'm sitting there going, come on, come on, Lord. Meanwhile, this song, It Is Well, is going through my mind. I'm stuck on a bus. I'm going through a country. I don't know the language. I'm stuck on a bus. I am staying in people's homes that I don't even know. I am eating the last meal, the last bit of food that they have in their house. That's it. And they are sharing it with me. Here's some of the people who took me in. Oh, top right corner, that's a shiny bathroom at a hotel that someone allowed me to use. That it, it, Anyways, it's, it's too long of a story. Um, I wondered how it was possible that I was going to be able to go. I did make it back into Zambia. I couldn't go back to the school, however, and volunteer. I had to come in as a visitor. 
Well, God provided. I went to where I grew up, which is Mommy um, Adventist Hospital, and I lived in a village for five weeks. If I thought washing hand, clothes by hand was something, drawing water from a well is something else entirely. We're not talking this way. We're talking hand over hand. We're talking if you want to charge your computer, you walk two kilometers. Let me tell you, that gets you in shape. And it's two kilometers each way in sand and uphill in the middle. So it doesn't matter which direction you go. You are going to go uphill both ways. Um, During this time, again, I was embraced. There were challenges faced. Um... But there were people that loved me, who taught me how to dance, who taught this Adventist how to move her hips. That's a big deal, folks. (laughs) This is the happiest day that I was having there. I'm going to get teary-eyed here. This is a hospital where I grew up. A few moments after this picture was taken, I got a phone call that my dog, who's been my partner of 11 years, had been attacked and mauled and was dead. That dog got me from the point where I was scared to leave my house to the point where I could travel around the world. And I sat there and I said, God, how did this happen? Why? And I realized, though, as I was, I had people who were embracing me. I had a different schedule every day. I had somewhere to go. I had people to see. I met people who said, the only reason I'm alive is because of your father. Is because of your mother. I'm an Adventist today. I found God because of him. The activity. If things had gone as planned, actually, folks, I would have only been able to stay three months. I would not have been able to go back to Mwami. I would not have heard the words, you are one of us. We love you. Which, to a young girl growing up, very aware that her skin color is very different, very much wanting to be a part, to hear that, healed in a way that I can't even begin to describe. There were adventures. Um, I want to show, come on. I did get to go back. I did get to see the girls. Again, there were incredible adventures, buses breaking down, getting lost at night, having two grandparents who said, no, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to keep you safe. Total strangers. Total strangers. These are just some of the incredible, incredible girls I met. I want to finish with this slide. This is a girl I call Faith. And uh, it was one of my final days there, and they wanted me to make some American food for them. So I was going to, I don't know why I decided a moose, because I had never made a moose before. <laughs> I did one batch that worked fine. Well, I'm sitting there, and I was trying to get the whipped cream. And, and any, anyways, there weren't many cooking utensils. We started with the fork. That didn't work. So then we found a whisk that was broken, and so did this. Anyhow, I said, this isn't going to work out. She said, I'm Dashley. Faith is a good thing. Give faith a shot. Give faith a chance. And I thought, huh. 
There's something to that. And this verse, you know, in the It Is Well With My Soul, one of the things it says is, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say it is well with my soul. Whatever my lot. There's a lot that goes on in our life. There's a lot of things that surprise us, but there's also the day-to-day grind that wears us out. Everything God sees, God knows You have taught me to say what this means is we don't get it immediately. We don't automatically have faith. It doesn't mean that we get it. It's a learning process. God teaches us. And it is well, it is well. Doesn't mean that it's going to be okay eventually. But here's something that's very important. It is well with my soul. It doesn't mean that everything that is happening to you is well. It doesn't mean that you're not scared. It doesn't mean that you aren't upset. It means that at a core level, it is well with your soul. God has you in his hands. God had me in his hands through your prayers that were protecting me. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that if I had not been under the protection of your prayers and under the protection of God, a multitude of things could have gone wrong. I could be sitting in a Zambian jail in less than comfortable accommodations. I am thankful and I praise God for the way that he has provided. And I also ask that you see that, you feel that, you be lifted up in the middle of things not making sense. That is what I have to share today.